we only have to look at the newspaper headlines uh, to realise that uh, the cost of living here in Australia is definitely looking up. Uh, for example, interest rates. Uh, they're certainly looking up at the moment, aren't they? And uh, they look set to keep going up, at least for the foreseeable future. At about uh, $2 a litre, uh, petrol prices are also looking up. House rents here in Sydney's north have apparently just gone up an average of $100 a week. And the cost of electricity, public transport, road tolls, uh, mobile phone plans are all up, up, up. And these examples are just the tip of the iceberg lettuce, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I think it's fair to say that as the cost of living keeps going up, so do the stress levels of many people. In fact, according to the National Health Advice Service, Health Direct, money worries are one of the main sources of stress in Australia and can lead to relationship problems, depression or anxiety. Some signs that financial stress is affecting your health and relationships include arguing with the people closest to you about money, difficulty sleeping, feeling angry or fearful, mood swings, tiredness, muscle pain, loss of appetite, lower sex drive and withdrawing from others. But if you think that money worries are just a modern phenomenon, well, you'd be wrong, quite wrong, as we'll see in today's Bible passage, where we'll also receive some great financial advice from Jesus himself. Now, if you don't already have a Bible open at Luke chapter 12, let me encourage you, grab one now, turn with me there, it's page 1619 of the Church Bibles, Luke chapter 12. As you're looking that up, let me remind you of the story so far, where we're up to. Uh, Jesus is now on his way to Jerusalem uh, to die on a cross in order to save sinners from eternal judgment. But along the way, uh, he's, he's stopped to speak with a large crowd. And as we begin today's passage, a man uh, in the crowd, he interrupts Jesus, uh, looking for help in settling a family squabble. It seems that this man's brother is refusing to share their family inheritance with him. And so he asks Jesus to use his influence to make his brother give him his portion. A reasonable request, perhaps. But rather than doing what the man asks for, Jesus instead offers a rather terse, uh, almost exasperated response along with a stern warning to all those listening. Here, read with me from Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Oh, wow, hey. Pretty sharp response from Jesus here, don't you think? I'm sure hardly the response that this uh, man was expecting. So what, what's going on? 
Well, it's important to remember the context here. Now, Jesus is in the middle of explaining to this crowd the critical importance of accepting him and his kingdom message. He's just warned them not to let anything cause them to reject the Holy Spirit's testimony about him, which would be to commit the one and only unforgivable sin. Why? Well, because Jesus is the one and only one who can keep people out of hell and bring them into God's heavenly kingdom. So so I'm sure you would agree, this is really serious stuff that Jesus is talking about. But what's on this man's mind as Jesus speaks? What, What is the one thought consuming him? Is it, yes, Jesus, show me the kingdom. No, it's not, is it? What's his thought? It's it's Jesus, show me the money. And so you see, that's why Jesus responds the way that he does. Because he can see that this man has a problem way bigger than just being denied some inheritance. He can see that this man has fallen into a trap. The trap of greed. Greed. uh, That that driving desire to find comfort and significance and security from money and possessions, greed. But it's a very dangerous place for this man to be because according to Jesus, it shows that he has missed the point of life. And to show what he means, Jesus goes on to tell a story or a parable. Uh, It's the story of an industrious and strategic man the story of a good planner, a good businessman. He's everything that some of us would like to be and perhaps what some of us are striving to be. A man who's worked really hard to get where he is. And one year, this man has a bumper crop. His biggest problem now is where to store all his grain. And so he has a planning meeting with himself. And he comes up with the solution. He decides to tear down his barns that he might then build bigger ones. And there he'll be able to store all his grain. Then he'll be able to retire, live off the interest. He'll he'll be able to take it easy, put his feet up, eat, drink and be merry. No worries about the cost of living for this guy. Oh, what a good businessman he is. But then suddenly the man's planning session is interrupted. Interrupted by nothing less than the voice of God. He read with me from verse 16, verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. There I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, Your life will be demanded from you. 
Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Well, there are some terrible ways to die, aren't there? Being struck by lightning, I reckon that'd be pretty bad. Uh, Falling off a cliff while trying to take a selfie, (laughs) terrible. Uh, Carrot juice overdose, apparently it's a thing. But quite frankly, can you think of any worse way to go than with these words of God echoing in your ears? You fool. You fool. You see, here's a man who in the eyes of the world was wise and successful. But God says no. He says, you fool. Why? Because he's a man who's totally missed the point. He's a man who has come to believe that life does consist in the abundance of possessions. And so while he was busy making provision for this life, he completely forgot to make provision for the next. Which meant that, meant that in the end, all that he had lived for, all that he had prepared for himself, was left behind in one fell swoop, it was all taken from him. And so you see, ultimately, this guy is a terrible businessman because he was incredibly short-sighted. Is Jesus saying that this man was a fool because he was wealthy? No. Is he saying he was a fool because uh, he planned for the future? No. Was he a fool because he used wealth for enjoyment? No. No, ultimately, this man was a fool because in all his calculations, he failed to factor in the most important aspect of all, God. His creator and his judge. You see, he had fallen into the trap of greed, forgetting that life is not ultimately about getting rich, but about being rich towards God. In other words, having a relationship with God, having him at the centre of your life, not possessions. And the thing is, when you are in a genuine relationship with God, well, it totally changes the way you think about money and possessions. As Jesus goes on to explain, He says that when you're in a relationship with God, well, you don't have to worry about money and possessions anymore. Why not? Well, because God is a generous father who cares. And to make his point, Jesus gets his audience to think about a couple of examples from nature. First of all, ravens. Uh, Ravens, of course, ravens don't work for a living do they? Uh, they don't clock on and clock off. They, they don't have storerooms or, or bank accounts. Yet they still have all the food that they need, right? Why? Well, because God takes care of them. He provides for them. And yet they're just, they're just ravens. Rats with wings. 
the point being, if God takes care of them, of course he's going to take care of his people who are exceedingly more valuable in his sight. And so there's no need to worry. Besides, Jesus said, worry won't achieve anything anyway. Can't add a, a single hour to your life. Though it may well shorten it. Then as a second example, Jesus gets them to consider wildflowers. Beautiful, colourful wildflowers, which Jesus describes as being more extravagantly clothed than Solomon himself, you know, the wealthiest of Israel's kings. Yet, yet they've got no sewing machines, not even a needle and thread. So how is it that they look so good? Again, God takes care of them. And yet they're just grass. Grass in the field one day, cut down, dry it up and burn as fuel the next. The point is, if God cares for something as insubstantial as grass, of course he cares for his beloved people. Of course he'll provide for them everything they need. In fact, Jesus says that when people worry about money, it reveals a lack of faith. A failure to believe that God really is in control and that he cares. That's why the pagans or unbelievers spend their days worrying about and chasing after wealth and possessions because they know nothing of God's generous care and provision. But these people do. And so Jesus lays it out plainly for them. What they need to be chasing after, first and foremost, is not stuff, but a place with God in heaven. That should be their number one priority. Seeking first God's kingdom through Jesus, confident that God will take care of the rest. Here, read with me from verse 22. Verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that, you're, that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. What wonderfully reassuring from, uh, words from Jesus here. Don't you agree? 
God is in control. He cares for his children, so there's no need to worry. He'll give them exactly what they need. They shouldn't be concerning themselves with with more than anything than, than, than finding a place in God's heavenly kingdom through Jesus. That's what should be their number one concern. And the truth is, as his beloved little flock, God wants nothing more than to give these people a place in heaven. Wants nothing more than to give them an inheritance that will never run out or be stolen or destroyed. An eternal treasure. Life with God in heaven forever. For all those who accept Jesus and his message, this is their eternal glorious future. And again, that truth should change the way these people think about money and possessions here in this life. You see, not only does the promise of heaven free them from ultimately the ultimately futile pursuit of, of selfish stockpiling, but it also frees them to actually give away possessions for the good purposes of God. And so Jesus tells his disciples to sell their possessions and to give to the poor. By which I, I don't think he means to literally sell everything that they have. But I do think he is calling for radical generosity here. After all, according to Jesus, generosity is something of a, a litmus test for showing where one's heart is really at, where one's true loyalties lie, either with treasure on earth or treasure in heaven. Here, read with me these final verses from verse 32. Verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And with that, we come to the end of today's passage. What's happened? Well, Jesus warns a crowd of people to watch out for greed, pointing out that life is not ultimately about stuff, but about relationship with God, our creator and judge. He explains that as a caring father, God will always give his children exactly what they need. And so there's no need for them to worry. And that we, when we live in the light of heaven, well, we're freed to be radically generous towards the purposes of God. And so let's spend some time now thinking about how this, this passage applies to us here today. And what I plan to do now for the rest of today's talk is, is something that I've never done before. I'm going to offer you all some financial advice. In fact, I'm going to offer you the best financial advice you'll ever receive. You'll, 
ever. Now, it's true that I've never studied economics or finance or accounting. In fact, uh, truth be known, I've always found those things a bit of an enigma. Which is why until recently I thought an invoice was something that you tell children to use when you want them to be quiet. (laughs) But despite that, and despite the fact that there are so many finance people here today, I'm going to give you the best financial advice that you will ever hear. And the reason I'm so confident about this is because it comes from Jesus himself. You ready? Three points that come from this passage. Beware greed. Don't worry. Be generous. Point number one, beware greed. Let's face it, friends. That man in Jesus' parable, you know, the guy with all the barns, he would have felt right at home here in 21st century North Shore Sydney. Don't you agree? Where most of us could not even imagine life without a nice place of our own to live. A TV. Not, not just a TV, a TV with multiple streaming services. The latest smartphone gadget thing. A car. New, new car. Now, a new car with heated seats. We want our children to go to the best schools, don't we? Why? Why? Because we believe that the best schools will give the best education. The best education will get the best jobs. Best jobs will produce the highest salaries. The highest salaries will bring security and happiness. It'll give our kids what? An abundance of stuff. But while our society says that true life is found in having the best stuff and the most of it, we have to remember Jesus' warning to watch out, to not be deceived, because it is not at all what life is about. Now, of course, there is nothing wrong with owning a nice house or having a good education or even, you know, a car with heated seats, for that matter. After all, these may well all be good gifts from our generous God that are to be received with thanksgiving. But when they become the centre of our lives the focus of our hopes and dreams and aspirations, well, then we have missed the point entirely. And we are in a very, very dangerous place. Some years ago, a a neighbour of mine, he won the lottery. And uh, what a joyous occasion that was for for him and his family. Uh, Within months, however... Uh, He was diagnosed with cancer. 
and uh, within two years, he had died. How much did he win in the lottery? Actually, I don't know. Got no idea. But what I do know is how much he left behind. All of it. All of it. Every last cent. And friend, one day you and I will leave behind all our earthly belongings too. And on that day, you and I, we will need to face God, our creator and our judge. And on that day, it will not matter one iota how rich we were, but rather how rich we were towards God. Whether we had God at the centre of our life, not possessions. So friends, we really need to heed Jesus' warning here. Let's watch out for the trap, okay? That's point number one. Beware greed. Which brings us to point number two. Don't worry. Don't worry about money and possessions. Is that something you do? Do you worry? Do you find yourself worrying about money? I think it's actually pretty common, even amongst us Christians, pretty common. For me, you know, I don't tend to worry um, so much about whether I'll have enough money today or tomorrow. What I tend to worry about is what's going to happen in 30 years' time. Will I have enough money then? Sometimes I toss and turn in bed at night, worrying, all uptight about what might be in 30 years' time. Of course, the only thing that ever achieves is bags under my eyes the next day. Jesus is right. Surprise, surprise. Worry achieves nothing. So what would Jesus say to me if I was standing in the the crowd that day beside the man who was worried about his inheritance? What, What would he say to me? Well, I reckon he would say, Warren, it's time to stop worrying about the future because God will always provide. He'd say, look at the ravens. Warren. Rats with wings, Warren. You don't see them worrying, do you? And yet God gives them exactly what they need, right? So who's the real bird brain here, Warren? He'd say. Because that is that is the truth, isn't it? We have a loving heavenly father who cares for us, who knows exactly what we need and is more than able to give it to us, who is committed to giving us what we need. And so you know what? You know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to start choosing to be a little bit more like my kids, who each weekday afternoon... (laughs) They bound in the front door after school with the same question on their lips. Do you know what it is? What's to eat? (laughs) 
See, they are just so used to getting what they need in that moment. They're not worried about whether they'll get fed tomorrow or next week or in 30 years' time. No, they live happily in the now because they know that someone else is 100% committed to their tomorrow. There's nothing particularly heroic or impressive about it. They're just kids with parents. They know they have a provider. And friends, we do too. Our Heavenly Father cares for us. He's in control. And he'll give us exactly what we need. So don't worry. That's point number two. Which brings us to our third and final point. Be generous. Friends, the simple but amazing truth is we have got an entire, we've got an eternity in heaven to look forward to. The Father is pleased to give us, undeserving sinners, a place in his kingdom. That's the truth. And Jesus has secured that place for us at the cross. But you cannot truly believe that and not and not change the way you use and think about your money and possessions in this life. You can't help but loosen your grip on your stuff. You know, and at this point, I can't help but think of Zacchaeus as a shining example of this. You remember, remember Zacchaeus, that greedy little man whose encounter with Jesus just changed everything. Remember his words? Look, Lord, he said, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Oh, what radical, uh, beautiful generosity we see in Zacchaeus. You see, there is no such thing as a Christian Scrooge. Generosity is one of the great evidences of truly being a Christian. The, the litmus test for a truly regenerate soul, showing where our hearts are actually at. And so, friends, in the light of all we have in Christ, all that we have to look forward to, let me encourage you to be generous, radically generous, sacrificially generous. Let's give in such a way that there are things that we forego in order to be generous. The vacation, the new car, the, the size of the mortgage we choose to take out. And young people, I know young people here today, I know you don't have a job yet, but let me encourage you to aim to be generous with whatever it is that you have. Knowing that if you're generous with when you have a little, you'll be generous when you have a lot. Also seems like an opportune moment for me to yet again remind you that today is the last day to give to the 2022 Mission Sunday collection. 
what a great use of our resources that would be. I'll also flag with you that over the next few months we'll have opportunities to give to children living in poverty uh, through our um, through the Compassion Australia uh, ministry. Uh, we'll also have opportunities in the next few months to give to uh, needy people here in Australia through the Jericho Road ministry. So get ready to be radically generous, won't you, Christian? Remembering that through his sacrificial generosity, Jesus has opened up heaven's door to us. And remembering that what we consider to be gold bullion down here, it's mere pavement up there. So there you go. The best financial advice you'll ever receive. Beware greed. Don't worry. And point number three, be generous. Now, you know, I could attempt to charge you all an exorbitant uh, consultation fee on the way out (laughs) this morning, don't you? Uh, But it seems like that might be uh, against everything that I've just been talking about, so I won't. Friends, it's true. Here in Australia, the cost of living keeps going up, up, up. But as it does, let's remember to keep looking up, up, up to our loving Heavenly Father. And let's heed what Jesus has said to us here in today's passage, knowing that ultimately it's so much more than just good financial advice. Rather, words to live by. Beware greed. Don't worry. Be generous. <laughs> Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you care for us and uh, that we're precious in your sight and that you promise to take care of all of our needs. Father, please forgive us for the times we've uh, set our hearts on the stuff of this world over you. Uh, Sorry for the times we've worried about money and failed to trust in your goodness and your ability to provide. Thank you so much that through Jesus, we have an inheritance in heaven that will never be taken away. Please help us to see all our possessions here on earth as a blessing from you. And give us great joy as we use them for your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.